Hey, how's everybody doing? Hope you're doing well. Uh, blessed, man. Uh, I'm going to try to make it through this uh, hymn study discussion, uh, but my vocal cords are kind of spent from trying to sing out on that new song, Josh. I mean, man. Uh, but uh, sorry for everyone around me. Um, but uh, regardless, uh, what we're doing tonight is a little different from our normal uh, sermon uh, time. Where if you're visiting with us, again, I want to give you a warm welcome and say I'm thankful you're here probably wondering what what really this is well well this is the, the in place of our normal you know sermon time where what we're doing is we're opening up a hymn from the hymn book and we're kind of talking about the scriptural implications of that hymn and hopefully all our hymns that we're singing are scriptural and we're talking about how that relates to what the bible has to say in our faith uh and what we're doing is we're looking in 167 uh at the hymn that's titled we saw thee not um and the reason i the reason I chose this particular hymn uh, for the study, I was given liberty with this one, was uh, because I think this song pretty much sums up what it means to be a Christian in, in, in a few verses uh, in a lot of ways. And, uh, and it really inspires me every time we sing it, uh, and it reminds me of the hope that we have. If you, if you look in your Bibles in Hebrews 11 and verse 1, uh, we kind of get the definition of what faith is in Hebrews 11. And we're told there that faith is the assurance of things that are hoped for and the conviction of things that are not seen, right? So the, the kind of I, I immediately think of that verse whenever I see the title, we saw thee not. Well, our faith is built on things that we haven't seen. And some people think that's kind of wacky and kind of weird. Well, you didn't see any of this, so how do you know? I mean, this is the very same people that believe that George Washington walked the earth once. I mean, you know, the the... They believe in Abe Lincoln, they believe in George Washington, Genghis Khan, all these historical figures, but suddenly the eyewitness account about Jesus, oh, that's, that, you've never seen it, so you can't believe it. And I, I think that's a, little bit, that's a little bit incredible that people think that way, but uh, this hymn, it just highlights the faith that we have in Jesus and kind of why we have that faith. And it's important, uh, just like we've been talking about in the upstairs Bible class, that we be able to, to kind of explain what it is that we believe. And, and I think this hymn does a good job of doing that in a succinct way. If, if you look in uh, just verse 1 of the hymn, we're going to read that one together. In just verse 1 of that hymn there, it says, We saw thee not when thou didst come to this poor world of sin and death, nor yet beheld that thy cottage home in that despised Nazareth. But we believe thy footsteps trod its street and plains, thou son of God. But we believe thy footsteps trod its street and plains, thou son of God. Now, this hymn was adapted from a poem, so it, it, as, a per, as a personal fan of poetry, it's kind of cool to see how it does have that certain cadence of like a poem still in the hymn, and it's cool to see the after effects of that. But, but look in verse 1 about how it, it details kind of Jesus' dealings on earth, that he came to this poor world of sin and death, and that he had, a, he had a home, he had a place that he called home in Nazareth, and that he, had, he, he walked the earth, the very same earth that we're on right now, Jesus was on, but yet that he was the son of God. And for me, that, that echoes the statement in John 1.14 that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That he came, the only son from the father, full of grace and of truth. That Jesus, he, yeah, he was 100% God, but he also walked the earth as a man and he was real. He was a real, this wasn't just a character, this was a real person. So we believe, we saw thee not, but we believe Jesus is real. We do. 
And we don't just believe that the character is good and that, that or, or, or just some of it's true. We believe everything that we read about Jesus in Scripture is absolutely true. And that He left heaven so that we, so that humanity could see God for ourselves. All these people who are asking, man, why doesn't God just show Himself? Why doesn't He just reveal Himself? He did. And if you look, you can see that in Jesus. So people wrote down, they wrote down what they saw him do. Eyewitnesses, seeing him living his life. Seeing that humble life that he led as Jesus the man here on earth. So that we could have that example of what we should do. Now he walked along, it's neat to think about how Jesus walked along the very same streets that other quote unquote common people would have walked along in Nazareth. You know, he's getting his feet dusty on the road just like everybody else. And he probably exchanged glances with people on the street that he knew, just like we might, you know, going through the Walmart and you see somebody you know. And he probably greeted them and and whatever the equivalent of of handshaking, he he was probably doing that with them. And he was probably exchanging kind words and pleasantries. And, you know, Jesus, Jesus, he held children. He he interacted with people. People touched him and and, and talked with him and sat with him and they, they listened to the sound of his voice. And he was a man. And he was real. And when we think about Jesus, we don't need to just think about a character or this guy that's up in the clouds somewhere, but a real person that really lived on this earth that, that, that legitimately felt pain, that, that, that he, he got hungry and he got thirsty and he was tired sometimes and, and he grew weary and he may, even have, he may even have stubbed his toe. I don't know. Jesus, could, Jesus has felt so much real things from the whole spectrum, I think, of, of human emotion. And he's, he's been through that. He gave up heaven... To come back and to show us the way and let us know what was up ahead for us. To give us that evidence of things that we didn't see. And that's who Jesus was. So he came here and lived that. It kind of reminds me uh, of a certain individual where we, we were kind of hiking, right? And some of you know this story. We bit off more than we could chew. We thought it was going to be a, a four-mile hike. It was an eight-mile hike, right? We got kind of down the trail. And uh, Brother Robbie is uh, he, he's, he's a trail guy. He, he knows the trails. Uh, and he went out ahead quite a bit to come back and tell us what was up ahead. And that I, I really appreciated that because my legs were tired. <laughs> and and it was it kind of gave me hope that he was like, hey, where we're going? All right, we know where we're going now. And that's what Jesus did for us. He he came back from, from the top of the mountain, actually, the destination to which we're all striving for and for we're headed to just tell us, hey, guys, it's real and it's here. And I just came from it. And And we see that. So, uh, since Jesus knows the end, but yet he still, he, he walked in, in our shoes, so to speak. He, did, he didn't think himself greater than that. He humbled himself to the point of a servant. The, then we have that hope, and we can see that Jesus is a real person. And I think when we acknowledge that, it does give us a sense of relationship with Jesus like we probably wouldn't have before, knowing that he abides with us in our struggles, because he went through the very same type of things that we do. Even the mo- most minuscule things of, you know... Uh, being hungry and thirsty and stubbing your toe and all that. Jesus was real. Not only that, but we also believe that Jesus really did die for our sins. Even though we didn't see that happen, we believe that that happened. Look in verse 2 of the hymn there. It says, We saw thee not when lifted high amid that wild and savage crew, nor heard we that imploring cry, Forgive they know not what they do. But we believe the deed was done that shook the earth and veiled the sun. And Jesus, the man, with his own lips, promised again and again that this would happen. As he was talking to his disciples, he told them, it's necessary that I'm going to be be subjected to suffering. 
and that I'm going to be killed. He said that the baptism that he the baptism that he was going to be baptized with was going to be one of suffering, and that he was going to rise on the third day. And they were hard-hearted, and they didn't understand, and they didn't get that quite quite all the way, and they didn't want to hear it. But later they did understand, and they understood the principle that's in Philippians two and verse eight in a real sense. In Philippians two and verse eight, we read about how Jesus was found in human form, but he humbled himself. By becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So, kind of that first point, Jesus, he became a man, but he didn't spare himself from the thing that we all seem to be running from and and afraid of, death. No, he willingly accepted that, not not for his own self, not so he could be he could be notified or, or or lifted up, so to speak, in the eyes of men. That he didn't gain anything from that crucifixion. Rather, he gave all. For us, while we were yet sinners, Romans 5, verse 8. So his death on the cross, it really happened. And if anybody's got any doubts about that, I'm more than happy to sit down and talk with you about it. But it really happened. And actually, secular history backs me up on this. Many secular history accounts report a guy named Jesus that was lifted up on the cross. And while you know the secular world may not accept that he was the Christ, we do. We believe that. And, and, and we believe that he hung there and said, Father, forgive them. That he died for our sins. Yes, he did. He died for our sins. But here's something that we believe uh, that has caused many people to stumble, I think, uh, all over the world. And that's that we believe that Jesus rose on the third day. We do. Uh, so we're here in that third verse. We gaze not in the open tomb. We didn't. Where once, they mang- where once thy mangled body lay, nor saw thee in that upper room, nor met thee on the open way. But we believe that angels said, why seek the living with the dead? Now, that last line refers to to them finding Jesus in the tomb or not finding Jesus in the tomb, rather them them going to the tomb and not finding Jesus, them finding Jesus tomb empty. Right. That, that's what that refers to. Angels tell them, why are you seeking the living with the dead? He's alive. But how can that be? That, again, secular history largely accepts that Jesus died. But then there's a little bit of controversy when it comes to the whole, you know, rising from the dead thing. And we didn't see that. None of us in this room right now saw him rise from the dead. And I don't think any of this, anybody in this room is going to try and tell me that you've seen him risen from the dead in, in your lifetime. If you, if you do, again, I will talk to you about that because I'm interested to know. But we believe that he did not stay dead. Now look in Luke 24 and verse 1. In Luke 24 and verse 1, here's the account. On the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And again, the Romans kind of blocked it off so nobody could get in there. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves and went home marveling at what had happened. So like like a lot of folks, they had their doubts about whether or not Jesus had really risen from the dead. But we have these eyewitness accounts recorded for us. We have the gift of hindsight here 
recorded for us in the New Testament. And we have countless other reasons to believe as well, which we're going to talk about in just a minute, and which I'm more than happy to share with anybody as well about this. The, the, the resurrection, resurrection discussion is pretty deep. Uh, but this was the pivot point for the disciples here. They, they were dejected and hopeless and broken and didn't feel like they could go on anymore because they were believing that their king had just been executed brutally like the worst criminal. And they're sitting there and they're like, our whole kingdom is all for naught. It was like sand through our hands. It didn't work out. You know, they didn't see the result that they thought that they were going to see. But then in this moment, the very same Peter who denied Jesus thrice runs to the tomb, sees him and marvels because he can't believe what he just saw. Now he saw that. They saw that. And Jesus rose on the third day. And here's the thing. These disciples, almost all of them, got to see Jesus risen, right? But Thomas, okay, Thomas wasn't there for that moment when they saw him and he confirmed that it was him. But look here in John 20 and verse 24. Look here in John 20 and verse 24. And, and this can be some of us. Maybe there's some people right now in the audience who, when it's time for the invitation and this lesson is winding down and I'm going to, you know, run through my whole spiel and I'm going to stand right over there and I'm going to say, you know, come on and, 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 and become a Christian and, and be baptized and on and on. And I say that and you're sitting there like deep down, you're not sure a hundred percent that Jesus rose from the dead and that he really is Lord. And maybe we all struggle with that sometimes. Look here about down in Thomas. Thomas, one of the 12 called the twin was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. They said, we have seen him. But he said to them, unless I see it, this is Thomas, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, put out your hand, place it in my side. Do not disbelieve but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed? Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have seen, who have not seen and yet have believed. We can be that. We can be those who have not seen and yet believed. Again, because we have the accounts of what happened. And now read in verse 30. Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples. Which are not written in this book. But these are written. So that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. The son of God. And that by believing you may have life in his name. We, God gave us the, the New Testament. So that we could believe. Just the same as any other piece of history is recorded. That these events happened. And. That the, and, and there's miracles in there, yes. But what makes and, and they don't happen all the time, and that's what makes the miracles. And there's the, Jesus rising from the dead, and that doesn't happen all the time. That has to be special. That, that that shouldn't cause us to doubt. That should catch our attention. And look, look here. This is the ultimate. This is probably the greatest proof, apart from the Bible and the the words that we have recorded in the Bible. Maybe the second greatest proof that we have, and and it's it's found a lot in secular history. And that's that these human eyes that saw him ascend. The, the, the eyes that were connected to the, to, to the bodies and the souls of these individuals, they knew that, that they could put their heads on the chopping block and they would be okay because they saw the wonders that Jesus had done. We read that, 
Look, read in verse 4 here. We walked not with the chosen few who saw thee from the earth ascend, who raised to heaven their wandering view, then low to earth all prostrate bend. But we believe that human eyes beheld that journey to the skies. Now, the first time I heard this song, this is the part that choked me up so bad. Because I was dealing with some serious doubts at that point in my life. I hadn't given up faith, not at all, but I was mulling over my head. And I'm that kind of guy where I, I look at, I listen to all the philosophies and all the different angles and arguments from all sides. And I'm, you know, starting to, I was starting to inch away and I was feeling doubt and losing my zeal. And then I thought this through. And I thought, we believe this. We believe that there were individuals who saw Jesus ascend up to heaven. We believe that there were people who saw him risen from the dead, healing the sick, raising people from the dead, helping the blind be able to see, curing diseases, casting out demons, having authority. And and, and we believe that these human eyes saw him ascend. Why do we believe that? Because they died for that. I said this morning in the Bible class, imagine a group of guys all from different backgrounds and, and they got, they've got nothing to gain. And they tell you this story. Man, this is what we all saw. Would you believe them? Some people are like, ah, yeah, probably, uh, maybe. But then I say, well, what if they all were willing to die for that story? They, well, well, at that point, it becomes much, much more convincing. And that's what we see from the disciples again and again. That's what we saw in Stephen in Acts chapter 7 and in verse 54. Stephen, he's trying to preach the, the truth to some folks. And the reality is when you... Preach the truth unadulterated, 100%. It turns people away, and it even upsets people and makes them aggress you. That's what happens when you preach the truth. And Stephen says this, okay? He's trying to preach the truth to some folks. Nothing to gain from that. Look in 7 verse 54. He's, he's got everything to lose here. When they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. You imagine it's just, ugh. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into, se- into heaven saw the glory of God and saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And then Stephen says just exactly what he saw. Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the voice and uh, then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen... What did he say? He called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. So many more of Jesus' disciples died in exactly the same way that Stephen did. Trying to preach Jesus' message, knowing full well that there are brethren all over the place that are being killed all the day long, and they're still doing that. All the apostles, almost all the apostles, are martyred. Okay? Think this through. At at what point did they just cut their loss and say, all right, we're going to give up the ghost here. This didn't really happen. But they didn't. Why? Because they saw Jesus ascend to heaven. Now, here's the reality. They didn't see heaven. They didn't even see heaven. But now, because of what they saw Jesus do, they believed in heaven. And Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and do believe. And that can be us, and we can fit into that category. Because if we listen to this narrative and we understand Jesus gave his life for his message, his disciples lived in the exact same way, they never gave up the ghost, then then we can understand that even though we saw him not, 
that we can be all the more zealous and keep keep that torch going and be willing to put our own necks on the chopping block and stop making excuses not to be zealous and and fervent like those Christians in the first century in all the areas of our life and say, you know what? Jesus isn't right here, right now to say, oh, ye of little faith and and correct us, but we're going to bear up and we're going to hold each other accountable and we're going to look into his word and we're going to do what he, he says because even though we don't see him, we know that right now in this exact moment, he is right here with us. Is that true? Yes, it is. Absolutely, it's true. And so knowing that, knowing that you are in the presence of the Christ, we are getting ready to sing this song about him, we saw thee not. Now, when we sing this song, I want you to remember, all of us that are here, if you are not faithful to God right now, if you have not responded to the Lord's invitation, if when we're singing this song as this invitation song, you cannot sing, we saw thee not, but we believe, because the truth is you don't have a, you don't have a belief, because a belief always produces action. If I believe that if I put my foot on the gas pedal of my car, it's going to go, then I'm going to put my I'm going to put my foot on the gas pedal of my car. If I if I don't believe that it's that'll happen, then I'm not going to even do it. And that's that's exactly the case here. If you have belief, you're going to you're going to act on it. So I'm offering you an invitation right now. And that invitation is for you to become a Christian or if you're a Christian to be restored. And now if you're, if you're a Christian, you understand what I mean when I say be restored. Maybe you haven't been living faithfully and you need, you need to say, you know what? I, I saw thee not, but I'm placing my faith in Jesus and I'm just going to give this to him. Or maybe you've never been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And you say, well, what's all that about? Being baptized for the forgiveness of sins is the moment, Romans chapter 6, where you're buried and you raise, you're raised with Christ. Even though you didn't see the crucifixion, even though you didn't see him raised, you believe that if you do this, if you follow his commands, that you'll show love for him and he'll honor that and acknowledge it. All you're going to have to do is just walk down that aisle. I'm going to be standing right here to help you as we stand and as we sing.